You ready? Waiting for you. All right. What episode? 64. This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned in to episode 64 of The Real Word. Word is up. Word is up, and a scary, scary article on Inman is also up. Right into it, eh? Yeah, I'm going to get right into it because we. Jeepers. Gee, look at that. You miss your old. You miss your old. I do. You miss it. I know we got some comments in the DM. People that didn't like it. People liked like our people li- and they liked our white table. They didn't like our black table. Who knew people were so specific? Yeah, I like the other stands myself. I mean, look at this one. But anyway, yeah, I'm gonna get right into it because one, we don't have a lot of time. We well, Nicole's got me pinched for time here. Me? So yeah, a hundred percent. Nicole's got an appointment, so wow. we're gonna let her run off to the appointment. Is it a listing appointment? It is. All right, good. Mm-hmm. It's a busy week. That's actually. good news. It's good. That's good Spring news. Spring market's here. Um, but did you see the lawsuit? I did. I actually, I believe I sent that one to you. All right. So racket number one is a lawsuit that could literally, if it happens, unravel the entire real estate industry. Well, the lawsuit has happened. You're just saying if If, like it actually is a viable class action lawsuit and you have to get, um, labeled or you have to get a. I don't know what the, the term is. Yeah, for, let's not try to be attorneys today. For a class action lawsuit. Yep. But like it just doesn't mean that it's automatically gonna happen. I hear you. Right? Yeah. I'm yeah. hearing you. That's the way but I it, understand But it has it. been drafted, it has been sent, it is something that is happening. We definitely are gonna link this up as we do with all the articles. You this is one if you're an agent, you wanna click and you wanna read through and definitely pay attention to this ongoing story. The bombshell lawsuit that could undo the US real estate industry the suit alleges NAR, Realogy, Home Services of America, Remax, and Keller Williams violate the Sherman Antitrust Act by requiring buyer-broker compensation. I've been very upfront that I do think there are some things about the real estate industry that are a total racket. Mm -hmm. One of those being if you want to be on the MLS, you've got to be a member of NAR, Mm And, and really, that's what they get into here. It's like, okay, if you want your property on the MLS, or, or if you w- are an agent that wants to operate on the MLS, mm-hmm. that agent has to be a member of NAR. Mm-hmm. Well, the MLS and most of these MLSs have rules, mm-hmm. and it's on their standard board forms, mm-hmm. that there has to be a buyer-broker compensation offered out. Mm-hmm. This seller, and this is just one home seller that came up with Well, this it's interesting, though, because on short sales, you see a lot of times, like, zero. So, I mean... Yep. I mean, you have to obviously fill it out. It's a requirement. Yeah. It's a requirement to fill it up, uh, to fill it out. And uh, essentially, this person is saying as a seller that they were forced to pay a buyer broker compensation. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true because you could say, hey, you know, if an, it, commissions are always 100% negotiable. Right. So you could say, hey, I'm asking for six or whatever the number is Mm -hmm. and as a seller you could say well no i'm willing to pay you this Mm -hmm. right and and then the seller's broker has to decide what if anything they're going to offer to this buyer agent right now sometimes or a lot of times even the seller doesn't even get that far with the conversation they just know intuitively that 
commissions are on average X. And when they interview their agent, they pay that and you know, they don't really even ask too many questions about how the buyer agent's getting paid. Well, that's really because in all honesty, like technically it's not really obviously the seller that's paying for the buyer broker because they're paying they're paying company A and then company A is then paying company B. Correct. So um, again, he he's not necessarily being forced to pay out a buyer broker. The agent that he hired is is giving up part of their commission in order to pay for the buyer broker in order to bring buyers to the listing. Yeah, and the, so the complaint so. alleges that defendants use their control of MLSs and defendant franchisors use their agreements with their local franchisees and their influence among realtor leadership at both the national and local level to require brokers to adhere to NARS rules, including the buyer broker commission rule, thereby increasing their profits substantially by receiving inflated buyer broker commissions and inflated total commissions. Now, if you want to get into what a buyer broker is worth and if they're worth half of the commission or a substantial percentage of that total commission, I think that's a healthy discussion. The way, you know, the way buyers are really driving the bus and have as much information as they do on at their fingertips, I do think that's a healthy discussion. Mm -hmm. And I do think if I'm a seller, I'm taking that into consideration. If I'm hiring uh, an agency that's going to do the best marketing mm -hmm. and, and get the most exposure in my home, mm -hmm. I'm going to want to make sure that I'm taken care of and, and that my needs are at the top of their interest, right? Mm -hmm. Not how much they're compensating the buyer broker. Mm -hmm. I want majority of that commission probably to go into the efforts, mm -hmm. the ads, the exposure run on selling my home if I'm the seller, which would leave less for that buyer broker. But it's very interesting to me though because if you uh, if you do look on MLS, quite often you'll see um there's um, bonuses offered out to agents that bring buyers by a certain price. Do you by think a that that time. helps? Do you think that that helps? <laughs> I don't, but my point. I think that's a huge racket. My point there is though is that the sellers still do believe that there is huge motivation behind the buyer broker and what is being offered and should we offer more I mean there's times that I've seen buyer brokers that are being offered at three and a half and that's part of the marketing shtick like hey buyer brokers at three and a half percent like and then there's like a bonus if yeah. you put under I've seen that too and I've also done it myself in the past and what I found and I've had uh, open house or broker opens where I invite the brokers and the agents say hey we're giving three and a half percent on this one and once they're in their house, they're still like, mm, I wouldn't bring any of my buyers here. You're offering three and a half percent because the house sucks. Mm -hmm. And and buyer agents don't want to bring because a buyer has their list of homes that they want to see. Yep. Right or wrong. Yes. They have their house. And so a lot of buyer agents are nervous about putting a new not a good experience agents. Right. Mm -hmm. But like there are a lot of buyer agents that are nervous about putting a new house into that mix and, and really trying to push it. Because they know their buyers have these homes that they want to see, yeah. and they're going to be nervous about bringing, you know, a shit property in, especially if there's an incentive that they're going to make more money right. off of it. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm just saying though that you're seeing that being offered out more, and you and you definitely hear a lot more sellers 
sort of pushing that and thinking that that would bring more buyers through and it than does like not. no and I'm here I, I'm just saying that it's just it's it is very interesting because it's still it still is it's still a shtick it's still a hook um, people still are offering it agents are still agents I feel like are still sort of pushing it um, you want to know what Mantile Mantile Williams Nars Vice President of Public Relations and Communications said. <laughs> He I'm said, glad you got that good. You got he that. said the complaint is baseless and contains an abundance of false claims. So NAR doesn't think that this lawsuit has any credibility. Mm -hmm. They don't sound worried about it whatsoever. It's the way we've been doing business for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And they're just brushing this off. If you go back and look at our last episode where yeah. we talk about NAR a little right. bit. NAR, this is actually who you are, okay? It's your time now not to brush this off and go create more commercials. It's your time now to step up and squash this little lawsuit like the bug that it is. You need to put all of your eggs in the in this basket of protecting the people that pay you your dues. Mm -hmm. This is who you are, Nar. Oh, you are here. You. I figured it out. This is I, I figured it out for you, Nar. <laughs> I've got it. Don't worry. This is who you are. Go out and protect us. Okay, we're paying you these fat dues every single year. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for you to step up and crush this lawsuit, right? And it's time for us to step up as an industry and be a little bit more open about, like for instance, on our listing marketing package that we send out to prospective sellers, yep. we clearly show every single seller how much of the percentage of the commission that we're keeping and how much that we're offering to buyer agents. And oh, by the way, there's a full 1% difference in there. And and that could even, that disparity could grow even more in my opinion. Yeah, I was gonna say, tell us how you really feel about Well, how I really brokers. feel is like the way that we're promoting property, the way that we're advertising properties, the way that we're listing properties, the value in getting the property sold the pendulum is so much further on our side, the mm -hmm. listing broker side, mm -hmm. than the buyer agents. Mm -hmm. Even in a market like this, Connecticut, where there's a lot of inventory, and you would think that the buyer agents would have more control and would be driving the bus more. No, buyers are driving the bus. They're looking and finding the properties, and they're nine times out of ten hiring somebody to open the door. Yeah. So. I don't even know what to say on any of that because I also disagree because I just as a buyer as a buyer well, as a buyer you're agent, looking at the job that you do as yes, a buyer agent. Yes, yes, and I, I and I'm I talking get, about the whole the industry as a whole. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm listening. I it's a can't tough one. tell you how many buyer agents, especially on properties that we price correctly, we we average, you know, we we do a great job getting it maximum exposure, are collecting a check just because they have a buyer broker form signed. Right. Well, and obviously with Zillow leads, that's nine times out of ten what's probably happening too. You know, like yeah. I mean, there's there's plenty of leads that I know come through, and they're probably looking at just that one, and then they're coming through and buying it. There, I'm I like helping buyers buy. Um, I do believe that I hold a lot of value for them in guiding them and um, you know keeping the deal together, or just you know a relationship with the other agent helping that stay together, or at least just you know during inspections, like what what you should ask, what you shouldn't ask, who you should hire, like what can we do after this is like a simple fix. Like I feel like there's a tremendous amount of value, and I do understand that you're talking about as like a whole and what you believe and in, in, in what they should be paid. Um, I think I do think but, the lawsuits are racket because ultimately sellers do have certainly the way we present it you know here in 
Connecticut. They have a say, you for, mean, over what's being offered out yeah, to they have a, a buyer say, broker. And, yeah. and it's their choice. Right. And so that's where I think the lawsuits are racket. I think the biggest problem here, though, unfortunately, is that, um, and and, and I, I think it's a little bit of a racket, but I, I'm hearing them, but I, I think it's mostly a racket because you're really just paying the 5% to the brokerage that you're hiring. What we're doing with the money on the on the other end is is really six. more, is, re- is really more, no, you're not. You're actually, I wanted to offer out zero. You want to keep the six, and then you Wait, just. Well, you said five before. I was just mentioning six is oh, also a number. Well, whatever. But we... I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm keeping it. I'm looking for. Um. Anyway, because again, what you're giving out as a buyer broker really is up to your brokerage and that other brokerage. Like that's then the relationship yeah. between the two of them. So it's really not directly related to the seller, but it is very interesting. I mean, you've always talked about. You know, buyer buyer um, agents should be worried. Their job is sort of on the line, and clearly, um, we're seeing more and more of yeah, that and as and the months go on. So I see more of this coming over the next few years. I see buyer agent commissions continuing to get chipped away at, just because of where we are with tech and. Um, certainly if I'm a seller, I want most of the money to go into that. But it's that interesting it. though, too, because it almost turns it into like, like a, not directly, but it almost sort of turns it into like a for sale by owner type of situation, right? Because most for sale by owner, well, actually they're saving no, the listing side because they are offering out a buyer broker still. So yeah, I guess it's Buyers would have thing. to pay their, their buyer broker in that scenario. Yeah, and that one, of course. Yeah, and but, so then, but, here, but, here, but Fisbos try to save money. Sometimes they're not, the Fisbos aren't even offering out that much money. They're offering out like two hundred dollars. We're almost just like, gosh, like. Here's what this does: if a buyer has to pay their buyer broker, mm-hmm. okay, so they want their own representation. They don't want to go unrepresented. They want representation for negotiation and all that kind of stuff. And it's on the contract and, already. Yeah. it's already on a. On a yeah. And they're gonna pay their buyer broker. What it does is it eliminates. All of these buyers that are just like, you know what? I don't see value in real estate agents because I'm not actually paying them, right? So I'll just take the first person I meet in an open house or I'll just take the first person that answers the call on Zillow. I'm actually now going to be interviewing who my buyer agent is because that money's coming directly out of my pocket. Right. Right. It'll, we would have a lot less agents because a lot of them would just forego the cost and would go unrepresented and would have no guidance and consultation well, which i don't think is the right answer well, either it would be really super interesting to see what that compensation would be though too because i feel like being a buyer agent is sometimes much easier be 1%, I'll tell you right well now, because yeah. because because they've you know I, I and and i'm just i'm sort of i'm going to be a little mean here though too and sort of speculate a little bit but i feel like and, and i'm just talking about agents that are doing both i'm not because i know that there's lots of just buyer agents out there strictly buyer agents i know that there's strictly listing agents so this is not necessarily force at that buyer's agent but I do feel like a lot of agents especially that are getting into the business stick with the buyer end because they have a lot less um a a lot less kickback you know with a buyer like they're not having they're not having to argue their commission they're not having to go over marketing plans they're not having to say why they're so great there's a lot less you know you know what is it, what's the word over over you know you have to you don't have to be an expert you don't have to consult you right. just can so kind of just be, go show homes and so bloop, i mean a buy, a buyer may actually be able to find a, an age a buyer agent cheaper because they're just not good at negotiating for themselves oh, absolutely the the buyer agent commission would be way down yeah so there's they're seeking um the lawsuit 
uh, seeks a class action status, so they don't have it yet. On behalf of home sellers who paid broker commission in the last four years since March 6, 2015, there are uh, 20 MLSs. The MLS list is on the, you can go look at the article. It's very we got to move on here. We're, this is Curious. something we're definitely going to come back yes. to as news comes out. This is something I'll be following very closely. Racket number two. Mm-hmm. 63% of millennials. Millennials? Millennials. I thought it was millennial. Millennials? What, are you, what is it? You said millennial. 63% of millennials who bought homes have regrets, usually because they missed this one crucial step. So this is a CNBC article. The step, we'll just cut right to it. The step that they're referring to is underestimating the hidden costs associated with buying and owning a home, including the ongoing responsibilities of maintaining it, is the number one millennial homeowner frustration. And I'll just give you a couple other interesting stats. Hmm. 63%, so nearly two-thirds of the millennials, ages 23 to 38, that have bought a home that are homeowners have this regret while only 35% of baby boomers who are homeowners mm-hmm. say the same and about 50% of Gen Xers, that 39 to 54 group, uh, have the same remorse. So, you know, 50% of Gen Xers is a lot and then certainly 63% of millennials. Now, a lot of these millennials are first-time home buyers, so the baby boomers probably bought and sold a few mm-hmm. times. Yep. Uh, well, so it was also much more difficult I believe for baby boomers to purchase homes when they bought it though too. I mean, you were really doing 20% down. I mean, you were much more frugal. The The interest rates were at like 20%. So, I mean, you were definitely having to make much logical decisions and ones that, you know, weren't. Well, I, I find this all the time with first time home buyers mm-hmm. that, okay, they, and a lot of times they understand their closing costs because it's a, you know, they're trying to figure out how to make that payment and get that offer right Right. and so they're having a lot of conversation with their lender and they Mm -hmm. do going in have a an understanding on what that's going to mean for a monthly payment anyways Mm -hmm. if they're paying points Mm -hmm. um you know the total closing cost to close the deal they they get that Mm -hmm. what they don't understand is how much money it costs on top of your monthly payment to be a good homeowner to actually have some pride in home ownership to actually maintain your h um HVAC system mm-hmm. to actually maintain your furnace to actually make sure your roof is, you know stays in good shape to keep your landscaping up you know a lot of people will buy their first home and it's you know that homeowner maybe was a baby boomer and the place was dialed in the landscaping was perfect everything looked mm-hmm. great you drive by two years later and it looks like a dumping ground yeah. right because you've got two millennials that work all the time and that are out drinking lattes and doing all this this kind of stuff right doing whatever mm-hmm. they're doing and their home ends up looking like trash. You know, this is the classic example. Millennial goes out, buys a home, immediately gets three dogs, gets some ugly fence to keep the dogs, you know, from running out of the yard. And the dogs ruin the place, completely ruin the house. And, and because they're focused on the dog and they don't see it, right? They don't realize that their house is now trash, that it smells like dog. I'm just beating up on the dogs you a little really, bit here. Don't come after I mean, me, PETA. No. But this is just the truth, people right? People like their dogs. People like their dogs. You walk around the yard, there's nothing but landmines all over the freaking place. <laughs> they don't care about the landscape, and they don't care about anything. Then they go Are to sell a, the house. Aren't you a millennial? You're like a millennial. I am. You're, I am. You're having dogs trash your house and drinking lattes? I don't, I don't have any dogs, and I drink cappuccino. So big difference there between me and my <laughs> millennial peers, all right? Okay. 
Hmm. Um, you don't see this? You don't see people just come. I see it the other way where people do obviously respect and maintain their home, but they just literally may not have the money to pay someone else to landscape. And yeah. then they run out of time. And so the lands landscaping is the first thing I see that usually goes goes to shit of course well I, and i think what's interesting is that they i i i'm sort of in that in the middle I, even at my own house i mean between kids and and the size i mean you drive by my house in the spring and i'm not weeding i mean you do you totally I'm underestimate weeding. the cost of especially in my mind landscaping i mean every homeowner no matter what age group you're in yeah you should be putting in one to three percent of the value of your home a year back into your home and this isn't upgrades guys this is just maintenance right like if you have a, a wood right. shingle home it should be painted every four to five years well and what's really interesting though too uh, on that topic is that it and and that doesn't necessarily make your home worth more people That's what i mean it does not make it worth I, more I, I i just can't even I, there's so many people that like have have I I bought it for this and I put this much money into it and it's really just been like paint. I painted it three times. I had yeah I, like and you're just it's you don't get your paint back. If you listen, if you have a five hundred thousand dollar home, that means on money you never get back. If you have a five hundred thousand dollar home, that you should be putting five to fifteen thousand back into your home every single year on maintenance. That means getting your your furnace service that means if there's wood painting you know you know we have a homeowner right now who they paint a room uh every single like year you know they're painting another interior room or their house they're hmm. they're keeping it up yeah perfectly because they're maintaining their value they're not adding to right right so you know or your faucet doesn't last you 30 years no right a kitchen yeah. faucet doesn't last 30 years a you know a toilet seat may not last you 30 years a toilet may not last you 30 years there's a lot of things that mm -hmm. don't last 30 years so every year you gotta fix a few things maybe you've got you know a window that's not on warranty that got the little bit of you know leak th going through the um thermopane mm -hmm. section there you yep. know that kind of stuff there's a lot of stuff you gotta fix all the time that's why you rent this is why you know there this is why there's a lot of people renting absolutely because that cost is on the person that owns the property that's right. paying paying the taxes um, so definitely an interesting read I'm curious of the Millennials that are watching if if you underestimated the cost or are you it, up against something because I'm certain that there's been at this point then in their lives like a trade-off and like, it ties into our last topic if you're buying a home do you have a good buyer agent, even though I, I, I say they're devalued, but they're devalued because of how many people are doing a poor job representing right. buyers. Mm -hmm. Have you done your homework? Have you actually interviewed buyer agents to make sure that somebody is able to consult you through this process and help you be as prepared as you possibly can, not only buying the home, but from the day you take the keys and move forward? So Right. So That's what we've got. Mm. Um, drop us a comment if you're an agent about the lawsuit. I really would like your opinion. Are you worried? Yes or no in the comments. Let us know and we'll see you guys here next week. Bye guys. Keep it real. Keep it real. <laughs>